where I was going was to be able to see forward and, and recognize you're right that there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to add value and go outside of your comfort zone, right? Like I was, my God, I was nervous for this event, right? Like our whole exec team was coming into this and I kind of been in the spot like Chris, but not really at this level. And so this was cool for me to step a little bit outside of my comfort zone and host this and grow as a person, right? That's what it's about. But I, I couldn't agree more about being able to recognize value and where can I add value and then jump on it, stick to it and execute it. And at the end of the day, that's what's going to help your, your career and the business. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I've got a, a special guest today, Michael Fleming, who is a district manager of Milwaukee Tools, is joining us on the pod today. Michael's been out from the program about 15 years. He talks about his early sort of struggles in finding a role, post-student works, um, and how that impacted his success later on at Milwaukee. But since he's joined Milwaukee, and just for people who know, don't know, and most of you won't, but Milwaukee Tools is now the number one supplier of tools in Canada. Uh, they've been growing year over year, 20% per year, which is phenomenal. Michael talks about a bunch of the reasons why that's happening. And, you know, I think Michael's had about five promotions in, 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 a, in about eight years or so since he's been with Milwaukee and talks about, again, what he's been doing, wh what are the keys to success, why that's been happening. So Michael will be in a decade, in 15 years or whatever, will be the VP, will be a, you know, a senior, senior, senior in a, in a major company or running his own business. There's just no question that, that that's what, who we're talking to now. And that's one of the great things that we bring on this pod is, yes, we'll bring some unbelievable, you know, multimillionaires and people, people have just been monstrously successful and in you know their 40s and 50s and then we'll bring people who are younger who are on their way there and we could talk to them and hear what lessons they're bringing hear what you need to do you know and, and just to try to clarify and see your uh pathway to success clearer and clearer because that's what we want to provide for you here at the leaders of tomorrow podcast and you know at the student works management program where where i work full-time and i'm the head coach of that's also what we want. That's what also what we've been providing for well over 30 years. So if you know of someone, because we're right in the middle of our recruiting season, if you know of someone, you can send me an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You can send them to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Okay. And share our podcast, share what we're doing. We're looking for young leaders who really want to make an impact, who really want to get themselves ahead of the massive competition that's out there, the talent that's out there in the world, and really be an opportunity for that personal growth and development. I know you're going to love this podcast. Michael's fantastic. Uh, tune in. Thanks so much. So welcome, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Hey, Chris. How are you? Very, very well. So Michael, tell me what you were like before joining the Student Works Management Program. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, going back a little while, Chris, but I was a pretty, I was a pretty normal teenager. I guess I was quiet, right? Like I was always pretty, I was book smart. I did well in school. Um, and it wasn't really until university or even later on in high school that I kind of started to come out of my shell. So like I did the regular stuff as a kid, right? Like, you know, this is well before cell phones. <laughs> uh, but I liked being, you know, outdoors, uh, playing Xbox with my buddies. Right. You know, ripping around town on our bikes, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, n- nothing really stands out as a kid. It, was, it wasn't yeah. until later that I kind of came out of my shell. Okay. And, and did you have any big frustrations as a kid? you remember? I know, I know it's been a while, but, but it's something, something we like to sort of delve into. Yeah, there's a couple that stand out, I guess. Um, for me, it was probably independence was a frustration of mine, right? You know, I was one of three boys growing up, and I'm, I'm the oldest. So uh, I, I remember being told, you know, you can't do this because your brothers aren't old enough to do it. Ah. Or you can't go here because, you know, you can't take your brothers with you. Right. And so I remember, I remember through my teenage years thinking, you know, I, I got to get out of this small little town, right? Like right. I've got to go move to a city and, and kind of figure out who I am and what I want to do on my own, right? So, so there was that piece. And then there was also money. I was frustrated with money as a teenager. Yeah. Like I worked, <laughs> I had a, a paper uh, growing up when I was much younger, but as a teenager, I worked at uh, a Burger King and, and it was always the, like the trade-off of time versus what I was getting back. Yeah. So it just, it was never enough for me. <laughs> and uh, funny enough, I didn't learn the value of money until much later on throughout university when, you, when you're funding that. But right. I guess looking back, that would be it, right? It'd be independence and money were, were two frustrations of mine for sure. No, got it. And I think that's pretty common, you know. So, uh, so what do you still rely on from the program? Yeah, there's, I think, you know, I was thinking about this the other night, right? I think there's a lot of stuff uh, at my core that, that I, that, that the student works program helped build, right. Um, habits for one, right. Do what you say under promise over deliver, you know, build great relationships, work hard, play hard. Right. Those are definitely core to who I am. The couple that I, I think, you know, the hustle, right. Like going out there, the knocking on doors. Um, I think that's super important to be successful anywhere, right? You've got to have the hustle and you've got to work hard. Um, and then something I learned in student works, but I don't think I really developed until later at, and I think I'm, I'm really good at now would be the goal setting, mm-hmm. right? I think, I think you introduced me to, and the, and the program introduced me to being ambitious, setting big targets that, you know, really, Chris, I still chase those today, right? Like yeah. if I look back to the program, and we did those, uh, we did those training sessions where we'd all get together and, you know, we'd, we'd break the boards. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or like, I don't know if it was part of the training program, but I wrote a check myself a number of years ago that I still keep in my wallet. Like it's those little things that, that still propel me that I still hang on to. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. And know that writing a check to yourself isn't a specific strategy that we have, but it's being around all the amazing people in our program who yeah. are picking that sort of stuff up and doing it and there's, and making it real, right? Like that's one of the biggest things that, that breaking the boards do or the, or, or making our goals real, 
You know, like why do people achieve great things in their lives? I would say the biggest thing is because it actually matters to them. And then they're conscious of it every day. They're not sleepwalking through their lives, you know, maybe yeah. a little high or drunk or depressed or sad or, or any sort of space that isn't just like focused and not, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. People aren't feeling well, but it's like they're finding themselves in a state that they can go be powerful. And then they're kind of trying to bring themselves back to that every morning. You know, we're up early this morning, Michael, doing this podcast. Yeah. I know you got an event next week that you're going to uh, for your for your for your business to sort of fit this in. And it's like, you know, again, I think that's what people who 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 uh, create things in the world go do is they're really conscious of what their goals are and they go up and get them right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. You have to you have to be focused on what it is you're trying to accomplish. And then keep at it every single morning, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, and 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 again, I know, I know, we we reconnected a little while ago. Actually, I know you were you were commenting on one of the pods or one of the successes of our operators that they were posting, and and uh, and I reached I reached out, and it'd been a while that since we talked, and and it's it's the connection to to the program and to 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 success that really aligns us and gets us excited about things for sure. So yeah, yeah I agree. So tell me about your, your career progress, uh, Michael. So when we, we chatted a couple of weeks ago, right, um, and I kind of walked you through where I am, and I, I was looking at, you know, what this podcast was going to be and what we were talking about, Chris, and I, I forgot some of the not-so-glorious so, not so stuff about my career before I got started with Milwaukee because that's really the rocket ship that I'm on now. But, yeah. you know, prior to that um, – you know, like I spent a couple of years at Enterprise Rent-A-Car throughout school, like yeah. washing cars and, and, and renting cars. And yeah, that, you know, that taught me a lot of time management because I was in school, you know, I was still doing 25 hours a week at Enterprise while balancing school and balancing all the other stuff I was doing. And so I right. did that. And, and I kind of came out of that around the time that I graduated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I remember thinking there wasn't enough work-life balance in that company. It, it was mm-hmm. a grind, 78, hour, 80 hours a week. And I could see myself going far, right? Like I could see myself continue to get promoted throughout the organization, but I was burnt out, right? For, for whatever reason, I was just finishing school, um, but maybe the timing didn't add up. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take some time off, move back home for a bit. And then I eventually moved back to Ottawa to work at Emco, a plumbing wholesaler. And yeah. I, again, I like I needed a job at the time, so that's where I ended up. And I was doing this like management trainee thing, although they didn't pay very well. Um, I was in the where I was in a warehouse picking like you know elbows and different like plumbing products, yeah. job sites, right? And so that was a bit humbling as well because I'm like, you know, I view myself as up here finishing you know a business degree and having a bunch of experience, and here I am in a warehouse. <laughs> packing bags full of plumbing products. So I did that for right. a little while and then I got a start at Milwaukee. So I got a little bit lucky that there was a posting come up in Ottawa and I started on their Home Depot team. And right. that opened my, I'm not much of a, you know, I'll be honest, right? I'm not much of a tool kind of person. Never really have been. Don't, don't do much renovations myself. But I thought right. if I can get into a sales gig, um, I can prove myself, right? I can, um, I can show them my skill set. I can show them my drive, my ambition, and all that's going to pay off, right? It's numbers, right. right? You just have to close sales. So I get in there, and and I'm in this in the Home Depot. That's their entry level role, 
And it's kind of like merchandising and selling and a whole combination of different things. And that opens my eyes to what a rocket ship this company is. So, you know, the further I get into it, I realize that, that a bunch of our senior leadership team is actually part of the brainchild that developed DeWalt back in the 90s. So these guys right. have got a whole, you know, plethora of experience of actually building out a brand. And mm-hmm. so sure enough, I learned, you know, that, that they all came on board to Milwaukee, which is, you know, owned by TTI, TTI Group Globally. And back in 07, we're the first ones to invest in lithium-ion batteries. And that's, that's kind of at the core of what, what we're doing, right? Right. Uh, year in and year out, Milwaukee continues to add, you know, new tools and new batteries and, um, and our, our footprint just continues to grow and we have more and more products. So I guess my trajectory with Milwaukee is, has been pretty great in the sense that I've been able to move different jobs every 18 months. So I started out in Home Depot and then from there I moved to like a field marketing role in which I would, um, I would go out and talk to some of the biggest contractors and some of the biggest uh, construction companies, show right. them our new tools and try to get them converted away from whatever competitive brand they'd be using at the time, right. like DeWalt or Makita, a couple of big names. So I did that for a little while and I had a lot of success in the Ottawa region. I was kind of the guy that had turned this region around. And so for, I did that for a year and a half. And then from there, I went on to, um, to rep accounts. So I was, I was an account rep, account manager, and I did that for another year and a half, which kind of gave me some exposure to the sales side of the business instead of... What is, what is that role for our leaders just to describe what's, what's an account rep role? What does that look like? And what, is, what, what are you doing you know, day yeah, to day? So with- yeah, so I've got, I've got a book of... A, it's, it's your standard account manager role. You know, I've got a book of 50 accounts and I'm doing everything from uh, merchandising their showrooms, working with their sales teams, you know, doing sales calls, managing some pricing on the back end, um, and, and everything from, you know, we were doing a system change at the time. So um, our shipments were all over the place. And so I remember right. at the time being bombarded with requests of, hey, this PO didn't show up or it showed up, but it's missing half the stuff, all that kind of stuff as well. So that right. was a good, I guess, yeah, that was a good eye opener to a real like commercial sales role type thing. Right. And so and I was traveling a lot for that too as well, Chris. I guess that opened my eyes to, to what work travel is because I was covering parts of Winnipeg. Uh, I was covering okay. like Northern Ontario. So not only was I flying all over the place, I was doing a ton of windshield time. Like there was weeks right. where I was driving up to Sudbury and, and Timmins and Sault Ste. Marie um, in northern Ontario, which is right. a good you know, six, ten hours from Ottawa. So wow. I remember listening to a ton of podcasts at the time uh, <laughs> or ebooks or like whatever I could get my hands on to yes, make that drive sure. more manageable. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's 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 interesting. So it's some on the phone and then some in the field. Is yeah. both of those yeah and it's yeah i I suppose um the majority is covering a territory that large would be on the phone most of my time Mm -hmm. is being spent on the phone taking calls about this or that or problems that come up or how do i sell this or et cetera et cetera and how do you how do you separate yourself out in that sort of a role in an organization like milwaukee we're a numbers organization i think purely um you know because we're so sales driven so it's 
I think for me is how do you identify in a territory that large with so many accounts and geographically diverse is how do you identify which accounts can go from here to here, right? Like which are your biggest growth opportunities? And that's where you focus the time. So I, I remember, I remember early on thinking that funny enough, Northern Ontario didn't get a lot of love at the time. And they had been repped by GTA folks. And in Northern Ontario, they, they hate people to come up from Toronto to rep North because they don't get it. They're from Toronto, right? It's that stigma. And yeah. so I remember thinking, if I can spend a little bit more than average time up there yeah. and show these people who I am, then mm-hmm. that'll gain a lot of trust and a lot of credibility right out of the gate. And so I did that right. and I invested a bunch of time. And it sure enough started to pay dividends. And so those accounts started to grow more than what I had budgeted them for. And that looked awesome. really good. Right. And then mm-hmm. that freed up my time to go back and figure out, well, who's next? And right. sure enough, it was the same sort of strategy. It was these accounts out in Winnipeg, you know, we had just recently had some changes and a rep was no longer there. And so all I had to do was again show a little bit of faith. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm Mike Fleming, right? Put on the charm a little bit. And then right follow up, right? Follow up and do what I said I was going to do. And that earned a lot of credibility and people would, people would respect me and they would, they would go out and sell the Milwaukee product. Right. And one of the things that it seems to me as well, like in both of these, um, in the macro and the micro sense, a huge part of being successful in a sales role. And, you know, you're not only in a sales role now in a district manager role, what you'll go to next, but also it's number one, it's picking the right rocket ship. Meaning, you know, picking Milwaukee tool is a huge part of it. And then second of all, when you're working in your business, uh, recognizing who are those clients who I can invest more, who I can show that our products and our systems can actually help them grow their business and help them their safety or whatever it is that, that, that really aligns. And that can make all the difference, right? It's really kind of, yeah, yeah, it does a hundred percent. I mean, um, so my, my current role now, Chris, is, is the district manager back on the job site solutions team, which is kind of that role that I had my standout in Ottawa. Um, right. So I manage a team of four uh, remotely, which, which has its own challenges, you know, that we could get into as well. But I manage a rep in Ottawa, and then I manage three on the East Coast. So I've got okay. a rep in, in Newfoundland and Halifax and then in Fredericton as well. And right. um, that's tough, right? Like, I, I think again, the challenge with managing people remotely is how do you, how do you have this kind of face time, which is certainly easier in today's world, but how do you, how do you manage somebody without being there, um, without being able to see the reaction on their face or the the kind of struggles they go through day in and day out. Um, and so certainly I spend a lot more time on the phone these days than I ever have. Um, although I do try to travel out there as well, but, um, Yeah, I guess so. So this role, there's a couple of challenges, right? There's um, on the human capital side is managing a team remotely, but also was looking at the territory. And we kind of just talked about this, looking at the territory and finding out where we're under indexed and mm-hmm. which, which people, which companies are the partners that we can work so much closer with to grow, especially when mm-hmm. we were on such a, we, we had so many new products every year that being able to see the kind of stuff that we're going to launch next year and incorporate that into the team strategy and say, you know, listen, you, you don't know it yet. You can't see it yet, but 
this is the direction we're going to go in. And these are the types right. of people you got to work with today because when we launch this product, it's going to be a game changer, right? Right. And I, I think I've had the same sort of success in this role that I talked about previously in the national account role was, was being able to identify who those companies are. Right. So as a, as a great, great story or great example, I just finished up an event um, last week where I was hosting a bunch of our senior executive team and I was host, I was putting on a new product showcase, um, which we do. We don't do as many of these as we used to. So we only do about 10 of them every year. So I put my hand up right. a long time ago and said, Hey, Ottawa needs one of these and I'll captain it. And right. so part of what I had to do was, was fill the room. That was my job was to fill the room with the right people. Right. And so the part of that was people that customers we deal with today, right? Those, those people certainly need to be invited. They need to see the stuff we're launching. But the other part of it was filling the room with a bunch of new business people we don't right. deal with today that, sure. that I certainly think that we should, or, or there's a lot of opportunity for, right? And that could be depending on size. It could be, depending on if they're on a big influential project in Ottawa. Um, mm-hmm. So we put on the event um, last week with, with fantastic turnout. Um, and I think by all measures of my expectations, but also our, our senior execs team, uh, it was a massive success. I think we hit a huge home run. And I think right. it kind of opened the door for a change in our organization and in, in mm-hmm. how we put on these events, right? right. And how we get, um, you know, I guess instead of trying to fill a room and be very general with what we're showing, we, we have so right. many different tools today, Chris, plumbing tools and, and concrete tools and electrical tools. And instead of trying to show everything all at once, I think we're big enough now and, and we have a broad enough spectrum that we can laser focus in on something specific. We can laser focus in on, say, the electrical trade. Yeah. And like, 50 electrical companies and, and yeah. pack a room full of just electrical stuff, which is what I did. And so right. I think yeah. having the success that we had, it, it kind of said to the exec team, Hey, listen, yeah, I think there's opportunity to do this moving forward. Right. Right. Yeah. Across the country. If, if we're under indexed in a region and we have somebody go out locally and, and pack the room full of people that in are that specific space. to that, to that, um, yeah, that space. Yeah, no, I think that's a great that's a great lesson for our for our leaders and 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 one of the other things I wanted everyone to get was that you know again this opportunity was something that Michael said hey I see this opportunity I want to go and grow this opportunity I'm willing to do all the extra work it's quote unquote not his job right like you know like you know just for that's that's how you grow in a business that's how you get the next role in a business you're not thinking about you know as I remember you know hey. Um, act like the VP before you're the VP, you know, like that's, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like, what, 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 what does the business need? And a couple of things, number one, yes, that leads to more success, but it's more fun. You get the excitement that Michael has about, again, creating that extra, you know, yes, that's going to make a difference in his call plan. Yes, that's going to make a difference in his future, but it's also just more fun rather than, oh yeah, I just got to go make some more calls today. I just got to yeah. go this right like it's a different way of doing your role well listen i think you know i've I've been in this role as a district manager for about a year and a half and so early on in the year when we when we started talking about this you know i'd probably hit in a bit of a lull right i had Mm -hmm. hired a team um i had trained them and and they had started to perform 
right? And it was kind of like, right. okay, as a manager, you you take a step back, let them do their thing, um, and you you try to figure out what's next, right? What is the next project? What is the next? Who is the next person you need to hire? Whatever it may be. And right. um, it totally just lost that train of thought. But I guess where I was going was to, to be able to to be able to see forward and, and recognize you're right that there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to add value and yeah. and and go outside of your comfort zone, right? Like I was my God, I was nervous for this event, right? Like our whole exec team was coming into this. And and I sure. kind of been in this spot like Chris, but not really at this level. And sure. so this was this was cool for me to step a little bit outside of my comfort zone and host this and grow as a person, right? Because that's yeah. that's what it's about. But I, I couldn't agree more about being able to recognize value and where can I add value and then jump on it, stick to it and, and execute it. And that's what's gonna, you know, that, 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 at the end of the day, that's what's gonna help your, your career and the business. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So what if you, looking back on it, I know it hasn't been success after success after success because I know what life looks like. So it would have been big, you know, failures or mistakes, you know, so far and, and how have you learned from those? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I got to admit that I, I don't really look back. It, it probably feels, oh. they probably feel like failures at the time and mistakes at the time, right? But you look back sure. over the course of a number of years um, and they don't look like failures anymore. They, they're just right. steps, right? It's, it's learning. Right. And I, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today without having made those missteps or without, you know, having screwed up. Right. I think there's a couple things for me that I look back and I think complacency is probably a big one. So like we talk about complacency at Milwaukee a lot because, you know, from when I started to where we are now, we're now number one. We're, we're now the number one power tool company in Canada, right? right? So we're the leader in our space. And when we get together every year, we talk about being complacent. You know, you've done it. You got there. You got to the top. Foot off the gas. Yeah. And yes. You coast, right? And yes. there's one particular. I remember my first year uh, managing at Student Works. I had come out. I came out of the gate like about an hour, right? I right. remember being in Ottawa and I was commuting back to Cobert, but I wanted it so bad. I wanted to win so bad. And I remember selling 30 or 35 grand in work in the preseason, right? Like coming into April in the final exams, um, I was like at the top of the leaderboard or pretty damn close in the amount of right. pre-work that we had sold. And 
I, I know there's probably a number of other factors at play there, but I, I think complacency and, and thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm at the top and then not following through and putting in the hard work was probably a factor there, right? And, and I, remember, I remember losing a lot of focus that first year. And so there's a whole other side story there. But I remember I was dating this girl and her family wanted to go on a trip to Martha's Vineyard like later on in the summer. And I had decided that, that I had earned that and that was something that I wanted to do. And looking right. back, I think that was a misstep, right? I, I, I had a commitment to run a business and I had taken my foot off the gas and said, you know what, I'm going to take this trip where if I'd followed through in the summer, you know, I probably would have been in a very different position and taken my own trip, right? So I think right. that's something that I look back and I think, yeah, you can't take your foot off the gas, right? Like you, you, you can't get complacent when you get yeah. to the top, right? Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great lesson, Michael. Like, and I see it a lot, you know, one of our commandments is complacency is death and sort of just seeing that, you know, uh, it's, it is natural. It's very human to sort of things are going <laughs> yeah. well. I, Oh, it's whatever I can, I can cheat on this. I can do this. I can do that. You know, like that's, Oh, you know, I don't have to work as hard. Like that's natural, but that's not what the, the top performers do. They just oh, you're keep right. going. And, and again, yes, go rest. Yes, go take a break. And what Michael was referring to is shouldn't have go to Martha's Vineyard. He should have gone to Cancun with us. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So that's what he was referring to, everyone. Um, <laughs> so, so, and to a certain extent, that actually people give up on Mexico. Like, and Michael gave up on Mexico in doing that, right? Because yeah. you all of a sudden check out. And you and instead of no, I'm committed. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go win that top performer trip. And it's just yeah. like again, people people give up on their goal. It's like you know that the goal they said at the beginning of the year. You know, are they going to stay committed all the way through so that they can get it? And uh, you know, any complacency is one of those things. Hey, the reality is you still won. You still had a very successful year, and that and that can be quote unquote satisfactory for people. Yep. And of course, everyone gets to choose how they want to live their life. There's not oh, this is yeah, how you do it. Yeah, but it's a lesson, right? It is a lesson. And, and, you know, like, I don't beat myself up now about it, right? But looking back, yeah. man, I was, I was like 18 or 19 years old, right? Like, I was still a kid. So, like, to learn that lesson then is, is part of why I am where I am today, right? That's, that's part of the building block. Um, and I th so that was the one theme. And if I think of the second one, Chris, and this is probably more so... Uh, a recent, I can draw it back to, to earlier in life, but the theme of busyness, uh, the theme of like, pack your schedule full of so many things that you're just outright busy. And I see this come up in, in like the corporate environment. I see it come up in my friend groups. Um, right. I can remember pretty distinctly through university. Um, I was, I was in university, right? I was doing student council stuff on the side. So I had all that extracurricular stuff. You know, I had a part-time job. I still had friends. And uh, I had gotten pneumonia. I had gotten bronchitis. I had gotten strep throat. I mean, like okay. year after year, to be honest, probably until like two or three years ago. Like it wasn't until okay. recently that I recognized, holy crap, like it's not about it's not about being so busy that you don't have time to think. 
Right. It's about yeah. prioritizing and strategizing and what are the most important things to move the needle to help you get to your goal. Right. Yeah. And then, and then also to have some fun, like to, to pack your day full of, not pack your day, but to insert things into your day that give you energy, that make you happy, that fulfill you. That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. Right. Yeah. If, you, if you really truly want to be balanced and successful, those are the, that, that's kind of the, the shift in thinking you need to make it. And so for me, um, golfing gives me energy. Um, walking at lunch gives me energy. Um, reconnecting with, with you or with, with people in my life gives me energy. And so to right. do more of that is going to help me feel more fulfilled or it's, it's just going to give me more energy to carry through on the grind that sometimes I need to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a great, great thing to share, uh, Michael. Like, you know, one of the things, one of the things um, that typically, you know, again, people have in common at Student Works is, is they work really hard. They have big engines, right? And that's what you were describing. Yeah. I was doing, this, I was doing that. I was doing this. I was doing that. Yeah. Literally, one of the things we actually coach people to do um, is how to not work so hard. You know, yes, we coach people. It seems so counterintuitive. Hard, but yeah, but but really, it is one of the things, and and I have you know, and I, I don't think I've told these stories, but literally falling asleep on the stairs going to my bedroom, you know, I've done that. I've literally uh, couldn't make it from my bedroom door to my bed, falling asleep. Like I guess going, I'm really tired. I'm going to sleep here and rest before I go to my bed. Like that's how yeah. exhausted <laughs> I used to get myself, you know. As and and it was as a student, as an athlete, as an entrepreneur doing all these things, you know, again, friend group, all that sort of stuff and not understanding that I had to stop. And again, you're right. Into my early twenties, I'd get sick a lot. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Cause I yeah, had no, no idea of, of where, where, where stop is, where rest is, where rejuvenate is. And, and so I haven't been sick, you know, really in decades, you know, like I'm just healthy and it's, and it's why, because I'm always filling that, filling that, filling that. So then I'm performing at a high level um, in, in my, my life because of that. And, and it's yeah. really that awareness of it is, is really, is really great. And sometimes it's saying, saying no to things. Sometimes it's, or, or saying not now, oh, I can't, I can't do that now here. Why don't we set that up for next weekend? Or why don't we do yep. this here? Or, you know, and just being, you know, assertive and, and recognizing again, when I can, when I can do what I need to do. Right. And just being aware of that. It's such a good point, Chris. I mean, if you, you said it right, like big, like people with big engines, people that can go and go and go and go and go. And when you take a step back to think about it, if you don't maintain the engine, if you don't take time to let the engine rest, uh, then ultimately the engine will fail and and none of that stuff gets done. Right. It's harsh. That's, that's what's going to happen. And and yeah. to realize that you're like okay I've got to I got to find a way to to maintain I got to find a way to make this work to take the time that I need to right absolutely no 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 for sure so you know I know one of the things you must have considered just because you are an entrepreneur and you're really an entrepreneur working in a by the sounds of it a very entrepreneurial company you know yeah, how do you like compare yeah no for sure just you, you know you you're not growing like that you're not developing like that. So how do you compare and contrast the idea of going out on your own, doing something versus staying in a role that obviously you're getting a lot of traction in, but, it, but again, you know, it's, it's, we've got these listeners who are, who are, you know, and leaders who are listening and going, Hey, what, 
how do you compare and contrast that? Uh, yeah, I think we, we kind of chatted about this when we caught up, right? And and I always I always said to myself um, when I was at Milwaukee that I would stick around as long as, A, I could still be entrepreneurial, right? I could still call my own shots. Um, mm-hmm. And B, as long as we had the product roadmap to support the kind of growth that we're doing. That's what excites me, right? Those two things. And so I think... Mm-hmm. If you, right. you know, if you can, if you're in a corporate environment now and, and, and you can, you can get excited about something and, and you still have, um, the, and you still have autonomy or you've had autonomy, um, then there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I, I think that's yeah. a very valuable path. Um, and, and you can keep kind of looking into the organization and trying to find projects or you can try to find different things that excite you or that or allow you to add value, then it's worthwhile, right? Like, so yeah. for me, again, mm-hmm. I think it would be as simple as if we ever got so big that I lost, I lost too much autonomy, that, that would be a sticking point for me. That would be like, okay, I don't want to be a cog in the machine. I don't want to follow direction. I, you know, I right. want to be part of my own strategy. I want to be part of my own plan. Um, and at that point I would look outside and say, okay, right. You know, what, what's next? Where, where can I add value somewhere else that excites me? And the second part is, is like I said, the product roadmap that enables us to grow at such a rapid pace. I mean, that's like deep down what gets Mike excited. That's what gets my butt out of bed in the morning is being able to grow, you know, a multi hundred million dollar business. 20%, 30% 20%, 30% year over year. That's uh, incredible. Right. And, and that's, that's what excites that's me. So if yeah. we lost that, um, that would be where I looked outside to say, you know, what, what, what is out there that I can sink my teeth into that I can be a part of a story. I can be part of the, a growth tra- trajectory. Right. And so that, I mean, that's, that's what makes sense for me. Um, no, that's great. And I and- think, I think that probably resonates with a lot of your listeners. Um, that are that are also entrepreneurial, right? If, if you can find a like enterprise was um, was autonomous, right? Like I really could have saw myself staying there because mm-hmm. you're running your own business within a business, right? And and they give you most of the tools right. you need to do that. Um, and the same is said with Milwaukee, right? Like it's right. We're a numbers driven organization, so if your numbers look good the conversation is pretty easy. It's, it's what do you need to be successful? What do you need to do? Right. What do you need for me to hit your numbers? Right. And, and as yeah. the, the owner exactly. of that region or that plan, it's on you to look back at your business and understand, um, okay, I need this, right. I need, I need to put on an event to attract a bunch of people into a room that we're not doing business with. That's what I need. I need that investment to get that started. And from there, I'll do all the work to follow it through. Right. Yeah. And then one of the things, cool things Milwaukee will do is they'll go and take that that concept because it worked and put it into other yeah. places right across North America, the world. Right. Like because that's one of the advantages that they that they have as a as a big brand. And one of the things you were commenting on as well is, is that. You know, like I think just from what you've described about Milwaukee is Milwaukee is an organization that tries to find A players and and fosters A players and A players. They, that's just about here. Give them space yeah. and have them go crush it. 
you know, and get out of their way, you know, and okay, what's the, you know, so that's what it is. So you were sort of talking about, well, if I ever lose that autonomy, no, 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 as you go up the chain, you'll get more and more autonomy Um, is typically unless there's some break in the leadership um, at Milwaukee and somebody comes in and doesn't know what they're doing and, and, you know, and kind of command and control, et cetera, et cetera, which is unlikely uh, given the success they've had, because, because again, for our leaders, 20% growth at the size of their business is really, really yeah, yeah. Dramatically I mean, unusual. Talks about, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He talks about, I think, you know, ultimately will be a case study about us, but um, he talks about, and I think we'll, the yeah. source of so much of his pride is in the building of a team that will never again be built in our industry, right? Like he has assembled this team of people that are A players yeah. that, and we're going to, yeah. we're going to make us, we're going to, yeah. build a story and create this story that will never again be replicated. Like he talks about this all the time. He's obviously very passionate right. about it. Um, but you're right, Chris. I mean, when I started, yeah. um, it was normal to be in a role for 18 months or 24 months and, and you would round out your experience and then someone would, rec- would recognize right. you're ready to move on. And then you would. Um, and today, you know, instead of adding yeah. jobs at, the bottom levels at the level ones and twos, the entry level, we're tending to add jobs at my level, which is, you know, four or five rungs up in the management, in the management, I guess, band. Mm. Right. And so, yeah, we, we're looking for, I don't think we have enough right. good people to fill that band internally. I, I think we're, I think we're so stretched for good people. Yes. that Yeah. We need a players. We need people who are not afraid to set, massive goals that absolutely seem unattainable and then go for it right that's what mm-hmm. that's what drives us forward yeah so, and i think yeah that you mm-hmm. probably have a lot of people in your network that fit that criteria right especially people that have come through your program that are that's not we certainly do. that's not out of their uh that's what they're used to doing they're used to going out there and setting goals and yeah and going out there and chasing them that's it man. yeah that's it and going and accomplishing them yeah. And, and again, one of the, one of the things as well as for our leaders is listening for, you know, again, organizations that are really passionate organizations that are, are, are really have a, a strategy, a niche that can grow or development, because then again, they've got money to, to invest in it. They've got, they've got a plan that's exciting. And obviously all this aligns with a comp plan that's going to work because you're growing 20% year over year and you're a big part of that. You're that's, you're going to get bonused out. You're going to get, you're going to win. That's how, that's how business works. And so, um, you know, so that's, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So Michael, if someone wanted to do what you did, what key habits would they want to that's a good uh, one. steal from you? Um, I would say, I would say hard work. That's some, I'm not sure about categorizing that as a habit, but, um, Hard work is instrumental. That's that's at the right. very core. Like if you're build, if you're building a foundation, you need to work harder than everybody else to be successful, right? Um, I think as an entrepreneur, you work for everybody. You're in the center of it all, right? You work for your customers, you work for your employees, your boss, your family, and to build credibility, right? You, you work harder than all of those people um, to reach your goals, but. I think I talked about a lot of, I mean, a lot of your even four referability habits, right? 
work hard, play hard, relationships are everything, you know, finish what you start, do what you say. Those are at the core of, of how I carry myself, Chris. And I think that's, I think that's important for your mm-hmm. listeners to, to build good core habits and, and, and finish what you start, do what you say. Because when you do that, again, yeah. I, I keep coming back to credibility, right? It's, if, if you do that kind of stuff, people look at you in a different way. They look at you as somebody who, who finishes things, who gets things done, who is successful. Um, and that's so important, right? Yeah. Because it's a self, uh, self-propelling yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, more you, yeah. the more you do that, the more you want to do that, the more you do that, the more people see you as someone who does that. It's rare in the world, you know, and basically for our leaders, you know, um, you know, just Michael's really talking about the values of our company, a number of the values of our company. And it's really great, you know, Michael, you know, being, I know, uh, 15 years out of our program, remembering, <laughs> remembering the vast majority of our values, not getting quizzed. I, I, I quiz our DMs on a regular basis. So, you know, describe it and how we make it work in our business, you know, so it's, 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 it's awesome. And, and like you said, it, it just, it's, like one of the things I always love to share is, is that when we hit our commitments, our self-esteem and self-regard goes up, right? Like literally it propels us up. And, and, and then when we don't, it makes us fall down. Like you can't stop that. Like you just can't. Now, you as a core person, um, you know, are wonderful and valued and loved, you know, like that's, that's what I believe. And you can't change the impact of not making commitments to yourself or to others. So uh, both of those things are true. Somebody's wonderful and loving, they're human, you know, again, you know, especially they're in our family or whatever, but then you go outside and you go, that's going to impact their self-regard and self-esteem. So one of the most important yeah. things to do is get a really great handle on what I'm saying I'm going to do. Let's go make sure I do it. And then, and then all of a sudden it becomes like literally a feeder man, I'm, I'm excited, you know, like, uh, you know, I got to do these things that I'm committed to because it just, hey, I, it just, it puts me in integrity. It makes me feel good about my life, makes me feel good about what I'm accomplishing. Other people feel good about what I'm accomplishing. Other people can depend on me. I can, you know, I can depend on other people and depend on myself. That's the biggest yep. thing I can depend on myself. I mean, I so guess if I, if I look back, Chris, I mean, I was, um, I was young and impressionable, I guess, mm-hmm. when I joined the program, right? Like I was uh, just going into university. And so I, I don't want to, yeah. like the, the, the habits that you learn throughout the student works program, like doing what you say mm-hmm. and working hard and finishing what you start have literally put me miles ahead of colleagues. Like being able to learn that at such a young and impressionable age. Um, you, I look around in my organization yeah. sometimes and I'm like, no, it's as simple as you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And, and now we've got to go back and, and fix right. it. God forbid, we've got to touch something up. Right. <laughs> like it's, it's that simple. It's yeah. really yeah. Yeah. building those good core habits at a young age when you, you don't know any other way. Right. This, this is just how we need to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it's, you know, for, for our leaders, you know, listening, you know, Michael's, you know, again, I know in 10 years, Michael, you know, you're likely to be a VP or you're going to go step out, run your own business or something like, you know, that's where you're heading for at the space that you are now, you know, and, and so it's, it's getting these, 
these things and really, again, consistently working them in your life. That's what, that's what makes the difference. So then it becomes just, this is you, this is how you perform. And by the way, as well, it's, we're not, we're not teaching something in our program that's so breathtaking. No, these are common, common strategies that again, we've developed here, but also are, are, have been taken from the outside world to sort of say, Hey, these are things that work consistently over time. You know, it's, it's, it, it, and let's go do them. So one, one final question, Michael, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Um, I think of a couple of things. I think of being adaptable um, in today's world. So what I, there's a couple of ways to look at that is being adaptable to the way business is done. First of all, right. Um, back when I was running my, uh, works painting franchise, blackberries were just coming out. Um, right. Like it was not a, it was not a digital world yeah. that long ago and, uh, things were done on pen and paper right? where you picked up the phone to get stuff done. Um, whereas today, you know, business is being done on online. It, it, you can, it, you can buy stuff on Instagram, mm. right? You've got places like Amazon and Shopify things are delivered to your door next day. So fundamentally models are changing. And I think being adaptable and being able to see opportunities is very important. And I think the second part of being adaptable mm. is the societal changes, right? So I, you know, like in my world, women in the trades, there's a lot more women in the trades or you've got almost like role reversals happening where it used to be a man's world. And now you see a lot more women or you see guys taking a year-long pat leave, right? Recognizing that that world is also right. changing as well um, and being adaptable to it and being able to right. um, react to it and, and fit in in that model. And the second thing right. about leadership, I mean, I look, I think back to, I took this one, you know, like actual core leadership course in school. Um, unfortunately, I can't tell you much about it, at this point, <laughs> right? Um, but I remember <laughs> defining leadership in so many different ways. Um, and the one perspective that I say I think is closest to me is is sort of leading from behind or leading from within, right? As a leader, you cast the vision, right? You cast the vision for where we're going to go and what success looks like. Um, but ultimately, mm -hmm. and, I, and maybe this is a a product of Milwaukee, but it's then being able to take a step back and ask your team, how do they think that they can get there? Right. And what do you need for me to accomplish yeah. this goal? Um, and I think that just in general, right. not in today's society, not 20 years ago, but I think in general, that's how I view leadership. And I think that's, um, I think that's important for our leaders on the, uh, listening in is, is to view leadership from that perspective. And not yeah. necessarily from, yeah. you know, a, a top-down perspective of, um, I'm the boss, this is where we're going, and, and this is how I want you to do it, is think of it from the bottom up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's, here's how to do this, and here's how to do this. And then you're going you're gonna to get people who, who don't want to do it that way, and then yeah. resist, but not fully. You know, and you're not getting full buy-in from people. So, so yeah, like I think that's a way to really again enroll and engage people, and then really have them fully choose that that's the plan I'm committed to. I'm committed to that goal. I own that goal. 
right? Because that's really the biggest thing as well that you want out of life is, is people to be playing the game that, again, Michael and I are playing, which is we have big goals this year yeah. and we're going to go hit them, right? And we're accountable to hitting those goals. And by the way, when we say we're accountable to hitting goals, it doesn't mean we always hit the goals, but it means we're accountable. We're, we're that's our scorecard and we're going to go hard to go hit that goal and, yeah. and stay on it to make that goal happen. And not make excuses about it or anything like that. That's our plan. And, and so that's, what's really powerful when you have, when you have people and we set up in our business, our district managers have goals and they're committed to them. Our operators have goals they're committed to. We want our operators to set those same goals up with their teams, you know, so they, again, people are committed to their goals and they, they feel great about, again, having, not only the financial rewards and success of hitting their goals, but also just the, again, the, the feeling of, wow, I set goals and I hit my goal. It's confidence, right? right? Like I made a commitment That's to myself. I hit my there's goal. so many yeah. highs and lows as an entrepreneur yeah. and it's, it's a roller coaster. It always will be. But uh, I think that's the draw. That's, that's the reason you do it all again. It, it, project after project or role after role. Company Absolutely. after company is, you felt that win, right? You got, you got where you said you were going to get to mm-hmm. and hell, let's go find another challenge. Let's, let's do that again. Right. But yeah, when it comes to plan, I, you were chatting about just a minute ago and I, I thought of a kind of a mantra we live by internally at Milwaukee and um, we build the plan, right? So I'll, I'll build the plan right. for 2020 of what that looks like and the types of growth targets and all that stuff. And then I'll go right. sell that plan. And, right, so I'll sell that to my team. We'll sit down and we'll say, right, you know, here's the vision and here's how I think we're going to get there. And then they buy the plan, and then we execute it. Right, it's three steps: you build it, you sell right. it, and we execute it. And yeah. in doing that, you get the buy-in, yeah. you get the commitment, you get everybody on board. And then, then there's no excuse, Chris. There's no, there's no reason not to. We all bought it, right? We're all committed to it. Yeah. Well, let's go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the other thing as well is, is as an organization as well, it, um, you really have an understanding of the market. You really have an understanding of here are, the, here are the products that we're building that are way better than other people. We know based on past record, this is what we can achieve. So it's, it's for our, 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 our leaders, it's, it's, it's not, they're not guesses. You know, they're always a little bit of, you know, educated guesses, but this is a strategy. This is a plan. This is numerically based. And it's, and again, it's, it's the things that won't have Milwaukee hit their plan next year are really likely not strategy or it's, it's, will people execute? Will people drive the results? Will people do all the, all the steps day by day that actually will make it happen? Yep. So, well, that's awesome. I couldn't agree more. Well, well, Michael, thank you very much for waking up early and, uh, and, and joining us on the leaders of tomorrow podcast. My pleasure, Chris. It was great talking to you. Okay. Cheers. Have a great day. Take care. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path 
of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.